0: You are listening to the Dark Corner Podcast with DJ Evil Dave and Starfleet International Lieutenant Commander Brady Chakona. Listeners, I have a cat crowding my space, and you just heard Brandy. I finally managed to get her on with me. You managed?
1: Yes. You
0: managed? Yes. Really?
1: Yes. You Mm -hmm. managed. Uh Uh-huh.
0: There you go. There you go. You managed to get on with me. Yes. I managed to get on with you. Yep. We got scheduling together, so...
1: Woohoo! I'm exhausted.
0: The heat, plus activities, plus stress, plus whatever else...
1: Yeah.
0: All heaped on top of you to make you... Tired and weary.
1: Have you told the listeners what's going
0: on? Nah, not really. I don't want to air any laundry.
1: It's not airing laundry, it's just the facts of the matter. My mother, who is 84 years old and has been in a care center for the better part of a year because she let herself get sedentary and also because of needing an aortic valve replacement that she should have gotten three years ago and didn't. Um, fluid was building up in her chest, which ended up making a trip to the hospital, then into what was supposed to be just a few weeks of rehab, but became eight months. Wow. She then decided she was well enough to go home, despite the fact that she had not been able to actually walk without assistance for some time Uh and even with a walker couldn't really get around on a regular basis but she decided she was well enough to go home. Turns out she can't get around at all and so now my sisters and I are scrambling trying to get her taken care of because she has exhausted pretty much all of her insurance Because, you know, Medicare only does so much. We're trying to get her on Medicaid, but that is a whole other ball of wax that has many hoops of fire to jump through. So basically, there are people who can do intermittent visits, like a doctor will come once a week and check up on her. And a nurse will come once a week to check up on her. And physical therapist will come, and I don't know what good that's going to do, because she's not going to do the work anymore now than she would have done in the care center. And then the rest is left up to us, and it's a hardship. And it is really fucking everything up. Now, I love my mother. Right. But I don't like her very much right
0: now. <laughs> yes. She had choices that she made. hmm And the situation you're in right now is because of it.
1: Yes, and if it were up to her, she would continue this situation until the day she died, just praying off of us as her caregivers because there was no other choice. Right. Well, that destroyed any guilt I might have felt at putting her into another facility. Because we don't, we can't. We're going to drop dead from exhaustion. Right.
0: You had to go down today on a Saturday. You know, it's not like you're getting your weekends.
1: No, I don't get time off. Yeah. I'm there every date so that's what's going on and that's why uh i haven't been on the podcast for a while so sorry Mm. about that guys
0: and before that it was because we had so much star trek we had all the star trek so
1: much star trek
0: and considering how many shows you were on that took up a lot of your time so it was difficult to schedule where you weren't already podcasting
1: that was because Strange New Worlds was running, right? And I have a Strange New Worlds podcast as well as the Unready Room, uh huh, and which covers all our track. And so, if it weren't for me having a podcast separately from that, it wouldn't have been as difficult, right? But because I did and do have yep. that podcast,
0: because boldly go, Vedic Assembly, Unready Room. Yeah, well,
1: Vedic Assembly is kind of on hold right now because of the mom situation, right? So yeah, I'm way behind on editing too. It's ridiculous. Got so many episodes in the can, just sitting there waiting, <laughs> just sitting there waiting.
0: Yeah, well, get back to it when you have some time that's not devoted to something else more important.
1: But it is important to me and to Nick, my partner in crime on the Vedic Assembly. He is the gold Ducat to my Kaiwen I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> We're not horrible people. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, shall we news and reviews this thing? Yeah. Uh, what should we talk about first? How about the D&D trailer that dropped?
1: Okay, I wasn't sure what to think when I heard that they were making a D&D movie. And I'm like, mm, not another epic fantasy thing. I really don't want that. And then we saw the trailer and I'm like, okay, this is what I want. <laughs> this is exactly what I want.
0: It seems to have tongue firmly in cheek. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Pine was saying that it has a princess bride kind of energy to it, which has had a few people, myself included, think that maybe they're going to cut to people around the tabletop playing the game. Oh, but we'll I hope see. so.
1: I would love that. And to see somebody roll a critical one, critical failure. Yeah. Would love to see that.
0: Natural 20s, rolling the dice off the desk, Mm -hmm. having to look up a rule.
1: Having people argue about the rules. Yep,
0: which we've already got with this druid character that turns into an owlbear. Mm -hmm. People are debating online over what that means and if it's legal and all this stuff. Which is funny because the... D&D people I follow on Twitter are the ones that are reacting to the people that are being ruralmeisters. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting, like, one side of the conversation. I really haven't had anybody gripe about it other than griping about the people griping about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, uh, druids have the polymorph spell, so... That takes care of that. Monstrosities are close enough to beasts that a cool DM will shrug and let you do it anyway. Uh Saw somebody else say an owlbear is basically a bear plus one, so big deal. Yeah. The stat block's not that different. Uh It's just slightly better.
1: And the fact that the druid is female. Would Mm. anyone have given a shit if it was a male druid? Yeah,
0: interesting point. If it was a male druid turning into an owlbear, everybody would just... Whatever. Yeah, whatever. But since it's a female character... And then the rules come into play. Another thing, rule of cool, homebrew. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody homebrewed their druidic circle and it's the druidic circle of monstrosities or something like that. Mm-hmm. The druidic circle of the monstrous. There's many ways with d d that you can get around it had somebody else be upset because for some reason having a movie about D&D is going to codify it and everybody's going to assume that that's what D&D is and when they go to play the game that's exactly what D&D has to be. It's like, no. What planet are you on? Well, also when Gary Gygax based so much of D&D on The Hobbit mm-hmm. that he actually had character types called The Hobbits mm-hmm. and that, you know, there was legal issues where he had to change it to Halfling. Mm-hmm. It's already based on an existing fantasy property.
1: So, get over your damn selves. Yeah,
0: that having another one. And maybe they'll address that in the film. Who knows? That this is one world of many worlds. Who knows? Yes. It's early days, but it looks like they have an ancient black dragon spitting acid. Yeah, that looks cool. They have a mimic. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, an owlbear. And we've got Triss Pine apparently playing a bard.
1: Oh, thank you, God. Because uh, I would listen to him sing any time.
0: Looks like we have a rogue and possibly a ranger as well and a druid. Rangers rule. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for it.
1: I am too. I'm looking forward to it. Because it it made me feel like our D&D sessions. You know? A complete insanity.
0: Yeah. A lot of people are saying if... If this isn't the D and D you're accustomed to, then what boring ass games are you playing?
1: No shit, Sherlock. Because
0: everybody I know, this like, oh yeah, this is exactly. And I even did a thing that you know the Leonardo DiCaprio meme of pointing out the television in mm-hmm. recognition. Yes. That there's going to be DMs and players that are going to do that the whole movie long is like we we did
1: that. Yes, we're going to be we're going to be those people in <laughs> yeah. in the theater. We're going to be like.
0: We we did that very thing (laughs) So I'm excited about that And D&D's like more popular than it's ever been Mm -hmm. I know it had its kind of heyday in the 80s for a bit And of course late 70s But with the whole satanic panic and stuff Kind of being a shadow over it But now we've got all the actual play podcasts Mm -hmm. We've got Critical Role We had it represented in Community We have it in Stranger Things that we'll talk about later Mm Because that's the main point of the show, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, D&D is all over the place, and you know, with the 5th edition just being such a pick-up-and-play kind of thing.
1: It's so accessible. Yeah. It is way more accessible than I think any version of D&D has been yet.
0: Yeah, if you want the crunchy stuff, that's when you play Pathfinder, because that's the one that's all math. God,
1: I hate hate that. That's not fun. (laughs) I don't... I'm playing to play. I want an escape from real life. I don't want to worry about math.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so 5e is uh, very loosey-goosey and encourages homebrew and bending rules. Just have
1: fun. It's a game. It's a game. (laughs) And, And I'm not saying that that makes it less important. I'm saying that stop being so goddamn serious about it.
0: Yeah. Don't turn it into one of these... Miniature war game things where you're breaking out the tape measurer to see if you're in range to do whatever. It's like, play a little fast and loose.
1: Just, you know, be adaptable. Yeah. Just
0: have fun. Uh, speaking of fun and actual play podcasts, <laughs> we watched, We went to the live show for Mabim Bam. And there are the same brothers that do the Adventure Zone.
1: Mm-hmm. The McElroys.
0: Yeah, they are live touring again.
1: Yes, they did have very good COVID protections in place.
0: Yeah, proof of vaccination, proof of negative testing, plus masking.
1: Well, you had to either have vaccination or proof of negative testing, yep. not both. Yep. Um, and uh, if you had vaccination, it had to be at least two vaccinations. Yes. Or one shot of Johnson & Johnson, which is the vaccine nobody talks about anymore. Nope. I appreciated Paul at the beginning of the show like, quiet down, I got shit I can need to tell you. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and then he talks about, you know, all the things. Everybody, look to your left, look to your right, point at your nearest exit. Okay, mm-hmm. remember that. And then goes through all the things, that so we'd like to thank you for complying with our COVID policies. If you have a problem with our COVID policies, well, now you know where the, the door, door is.
0: <laughs> yep. Like when he also got the crowd to quiet down so he could crack open a white claw.
1: Oh my God, we were ready for that rip. We were so ready for it. Everybody's
0: going, rip it, rip it. He's like, get a bit quiet down. He gets by the microphone and yep. pops the tap. So this is Paul of Paul and Storm, the mm-hmm. musical Baltimore. duo. He's also the tour manager for My Brother, My Brother, and Me.
1: Yes. He's the, he's very cool. I love yep. him.
0: He'll come out with drinks and hand them to everybody.
1: I would say he probably got the most applause of any of the, the
0: crew. <laughs> well, yeah. Because every time he'd come out and do a setup, people would applaud for him.
1: We would, We were screaming.
0: And he'd sit down, too, at the chairs to just make sure that he's, you know, everything was level. A
1: few downsides, which had nothing to do with the brothers themselves.
0: Yes. Uh, sound was, uh, volume was kind of high, so it would kind of peak. And so it'd be difficult to hear sometimes what the brothers were saying.
1: Yeah, it was a little echoey.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of reverb and it would, yeah, my ears would try to close off to protect themselves mm-hmm. from the volume level. I should have brought, brought earplugs. Up there, he's done with me. I can scoot over now. Yay. Another thing is the guy sitting next to you was fidgeting and loud. and
1: Clearing his throat every three seconds, it seemed like.
0: Which is weird because there's a couple of seats next to me that never got filled. We could have sl- slid over, but we never did.
1: Yeah, we sh- I should have done that at halftime. I yep, mean, at intermission. Should intermission. Should have done that at intermission. And it wasn't that he was an awful person. Nope. He was actually a really nice guy that brought his daughter to the show because she wanted to go and didn't have anyone else to go with. Ah. And so he brought her, and he had no idea. He'd never heard the podcast. Right. Never heard, um, Bim Bam never heard, Adventures on Nothing. And she was telling, explaining to him everything that he needed to know. He laughed his ass off.
0: Oh, he... Was very much enjoying the show.
1: Yeah. Definitely a new new convert (laughs) to the congregation of my brother, my brother, and me. And welcome. (laughs) Welcome. And uh, Schmanners opened again. Did a thing on
0: skiing. Oh my God, it was so great. (laughs) The etiquette of skiing, history of skiing, because Utah, we got the greatest snow on earth.
1: That's what we say. Yep. Uh, You know, it doesn't mean that it's actually true. (laughs) But
2: uh,
0: I think there's something about just. Our elevation and our location, that we get really good powder. Mm. And so people will come from other places to ski here.
1: They will. They will indeed. And uh, it was fun because I was firmly on Travis's side in this discussion because he does not see the wisdom of strapping wood to your feet and throwing yourself down a mountain. Yeah. So I uh, and, and Teresa grew up skiing.
0: Oh, yeah. She'd go every season because mm-hmm. the parents would pay for it. <laughs> yeah, the
1: parents would take them. It was a long night. They'd give you your money's worth, for sure.
0: You got one opening show. The last time we went, we had, what, two opening shows? We had shows? two. Yeah, because uh, Sawbones was there as well. But Sydney's staying at home, I believe, during this tour.
1: And I think Griffin's Rachel was not there either. Yeah. They're, they have a Rachel now who does editing. Right. But it's not the same Rachel as Griffin's Rachel. As the one that
0: does wonderful with yes. him. Yes, right. Griffin's wife. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they have the editor Rachel and they have Griffin's wife Rachel. Yes. Which can get confusing.
1: It can. It can. Stop having common names. Uh, they have have name have like Griffin.
0: Haunted Doll Watch, which you predicted.
1: I was so excited for Haunted Doll Watch and I am haunted by those dolls. Oh my God, horrifying. Well, well there
0: are two clown dolls. Oh Jesus Christ. And then there was one that was just kind of boring. In fact, Griffin even called it out. Is that this is a really boring doll.
1: Boring ass doll. Let's stop talking about this boring ass doll. <laughs> it was a fun show. Yes. I was we were both tired. Oh, I was actually I was ex- exhausted. I was so wasted because every morning before work I now go to my mother's yep. and make sure she gets fed and make sure she takes her meds and etc. So there has been just, it's just been all getting up at 4.20 in the morning every weekday and sometimes not being able to get to bed before 10 or 11 at night and after a while you just, it compounds to the point where you're exhausted.
0: Yep. And I've been having these congestion issues waking up in the middle of the night not being able to breathe properly.
1: I will say this. Um, this is the first time I think we've been downtown since FANX of last year. Right. And, well, no, we were at Eccles, but that's different. Yeah. We were at Eccles for Mystery Science Theater 3000 earlier this year, but that drive home was a nightmare. Yeah, it was
0: snowing really heavily.
1: Oh, it was so bad. That was the worst drive I've ever had, and I've had some bad drives. Yes. What, the parking lot that we parked in is the one we usually park in for FanX, and it's usually a paid parking lot. Right. But apparently they didn't think there was going to be enough reason to make people pay, and so it, the gate was just open, so we got to park for free, which is great. And it's kind of catty-corner, so we have to walk about a block to get to the place. Now, this is a city block, not a country block. (laughs) In the past, when I was heavier, it was a difficult walk for me to do at a, you know... At a brisk pace. Brisk pace, because it was harder for me to breathe. It was, you know, I'm just carrying around all that extra weight. And now I've lost 43 pounds. So that walk... We kept a brisk walk the entire time. We did not have to stop for me to rest. We did not slow down. I yeah. climbed stairs. <laughs> and I yes, I was a little out of breath by the time we got there because it was fucking hot. Yes. But uh, I caught my breath within, you know, like a minute.
0: Yeah. And it was such a difference. Those street lights are unforgiving. They mm. don't give you a whole lot of time to cross the street. No, you,
1: know, you got to book it. Yep. You got to hustle right across. So they definitely do not have uh, disabled people in mind. No,
0: nope. They give you, what, about 40 seconds, if that.
1: You're lucky. I was just very pleased. It was also really nice to sit in a chair and not have the sides that pressing against me. Yeah. So um, some fun things about losing 43 pounds. <laughs> yeah.
0: Better cardio and you uh, fit in a chair better.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, it was nice. I'll tell you this. I hate the one row thing about... A Bravanel Hall.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people getting up and crossing in front of you to go to the bathroom or go get concessions or whatever.
1: But, has better leg room than Eccles. Right. And Eccles is newer. So, Eccles Theater, what were you thinking? Yeah. We have tall people here, okay? (laughs) It was a fun night, although it had its drawbacks. It was still fun overall.
0: Yeah, and decent questions and got to... Confer with the wizard, which is the whole Google Answers thing mm. that Griffin does. WikiHow, actually. WikiHow, is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, the question about having the wedding where the groom cuts the cake with the sword.
1: <laughs> that is the stupidest idea, and she is absolutely right to say no. Yeah. And I think they finally settled on uh, get a second groom cake only that yep. he can mess up with a sword.
0: Yeah, like when you have kids, okay, you have this little cupcake, that's yours to do with whatever. hmm This is the actual cake. hmm That we're gonna cut with a knife.
1: hmm Yep, so, good times. It was good to see the boys again. We were a lot closer this time, so we could actually see the boys.
0: Saw them pretty well. It's the fancy tape flight tour, because of uh, 20 Rendezvous. Yeah. Because they like to... Try to rhyme with the year in a weird way.
1: Which was interesting because for 2017 they did 20 Serpentine. Zag on them.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They do that every new year. Mm -hmm. Come up with a new theme that they barely touch upon except maybe when they're touring.
1: I really wish that they would do an Adventure Zone here.
0: That would be nice because we have a big geek and nerd complement here in utah population
1: a lot of role players
0: taz would do really well here because they have cosplayers people did cosplay as taz characters and then people also dressed up in like prom type clothing for the rendezvous
1: yes a couple of rows in front of us we had what i called in my brain the tiny hat brigade yes it was five people all in a row there they had tiny hats on uh-huh and uh All of the tiny hats coordinated with whatever color shirt they were wearing. Nice. And one of them was even a guy. He was Mm -hmm. like, I don't give a fuck. I'm wearing a tiny hat. Nice. (laughs) So they were adorable.
0: Yeah, I did hear somebody say, hey, I'm amongst my people Mm -hmm. as we were entering the building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you just looked around and went, hey, these are all my Bim Bam fans. Mm -hmm. I understand these people. Yep. Which is a nice feeling. It is a nice feeling. Oh, speaking of Mystery Science Theater... We actually uh, were we? Well, we kind of did because we talked about going to see it. Downtown. Oh, I,
1: I did. I did uh, tangentially mention it. Yes.
0: Yes, we watched Gamera versus Jiger for uh, movie night. It yep. was your choice.
1: It's the newest Mystery Science Theater three thousand episode.
0: So damn funny.
1: Yes, I I have been fond of every host, every incarnation of Mystery Science Theater. It was really nice to
0: have Jonah back. Yes, Jonah's great.
1: He's just, I don't know, he and Hampton Young and Baron Vaughn all have this chemistry Yes, that is their own.
0: I wonder how much has to do with being stand-ups at Meltdown. Could be. Is that they just kind of know each other for one thing. They're so good. Yes. <laughs> I
1: really enjoyed this one a lot. Yep.
0: Yeah, the old Japanese fella dressed like Colonel Sanders. Oh
1: God, what the hell was that?
0: so they keep making references to that the bow tie the beard the glasses the cane the whole i mean the suit wasn't white it was kind of a a brown but yeah. other than that it was like might as well be colonel sanders
1: it it was it was so terrible
0: the little girl with the supposedly british accent
1: well the interesting thing about the terrible english dubs of the time is that none of them were taught how to pronounce Japanese names or Japanese words so right. all of them were wrong yep I mean they were saying the same syllables but they were saying the wrong way because yep. as we all know as I have taught you all in <laughs> Japanese does not matter the word does not matter the context the emphasis is always on the first syllable always so, always always
0: they're going Dr. Suzuki it's like, Suzuki, Suzuki.
1: <laughs> just like it should be Hiroshi not Hiroshi it's yep. Hiroshi so yeah a lot of that a lot of me just going Ugh. Yep. In my brain at that. Because I'm like, if you're going to do the dub, the least you could do is pronounce the names right. You know? Come on. But it was the 70s. What are you going to do? Exactly. Oh my goodness. You've got a kitty friend.
0: a friend to all children.
1: <laughs> oh God, the song at the beginning. Yeah.
0: Jesus. That they kept singing different things to.
1: Kept singing so many different things. It was so great. It was It was a lot of fun. Had very, very enjoyable time watching that. Yeah. Good times. Good times.
0: Why is your tail wet? He's
1: like, I can't clean my own ass. My my tummy is too big. He
0: is a big cat. Yeah. Uh, Shall we get into dark track, or do you have anything else you want to discuss? No, that's it. News and reviews. All right, the dark track then. Hey, this dark track comes from a UK post-punk gothic rock band called The Hearse, and it is a cover of Cape Bush's Running Up That Hill. Interesting uh, comment when I first played this for you. I did? Yeah, about how the opening bass line begins and it even sounds like like Stranger Things theme. It sounds
1: a little bit like Stranger Things theme at the beginning.
0: And this album was released before season four of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of a weird coincidence.
1: It's a good cover. It's a little, the vocals are a little bit distorted, so it's a little uh, otherworldly. Yes, yes.
0: It's got that kind of eerie quality to it little bit of manipulation on the vocals, having that synth bass, plus just you know, some pretty straightforward guitars and stuff. That it's a pretty uh, faithful yes cover, but just swapping the gender of the vocals. This cat has got his little head under my chin.
1: He loves you so much. Yeah, he does. You are his favorite.
0: And that album called, I think it's called Goth Covered. I think it might still be free on Bandcamp, but a lot of the songs are pretty faithful covers. There's not a a whole lot of um, straying away from the original, mm. which sometimes I like, sometimes I don't. You know, yeah. if it's too faithful, what's the point of even doing a cover? Yes. Because you're just recreating the original. It's like, if you want to do a cover, you kind of have to make it your own. Yes. And I think The Hearst still manages to do that without straying too far.
1: It's a fine line to work.
0: Yeah. Because it didn't go so far that it was like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah,
2: it was
1: like, okay, you've, you've excised the entire chorus. What, what, what are you doing? What yeah, you This doing? doesn't even
0: sound like the song anymore. So, yeah. you know, yeah, there's definitely a fine line between too faithful and not faithful enough. Yes. But I think this walks that line pretty well. Indeed. the three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a horde of precious golden rubies and he says what do you do adventurers I'm a dragon man I cast fire on him it's very good I address the red dragon and say us we're the hosts of the adventure zone a podcast about family playing dungeons and dragons very good synergy commit to the bit I, (laughs) I, I, I roll to charm new listeners it is very effective <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host the Adventure Zones podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs> Alright, uh, shall we talk about the Stranger Things then?
1: Let's talk about How do we Stranger want to things. go about it? Well, I'm gonna start by saying I have not watched season one and I'm not going to. Right. And it's not because of well, I don't even I don't even wanna go into why it's why I'm not going to do it. Here's the thing. There was just too much Winona Ryder in season one. Right. I cannot stand Winona Ryder's acting. <laughs> yeah, you I cannot do not stand like her. She is the same in everything. Right. The same. There is no differentiating of any of her characters because she only has two settings.
0: Yeah, you do wonder how it would play if it was recast.
1: Yes, I wondered that a lot. Yeah. If they had someone who had more than two settings. <laughs> the kids are better actors than she is. mm. Apologies if you like Winona Ryder. I have no problem with Winona Ryder as a person. I don't know her, so I have no judgment about her. But she can't act worth shit. <laughs> I mean, just think about every Winona Ryder
0: performance—they're all the same. I'm thinking. Okay, I've seen her in Heather's. Mm-hmm. I've seen her in Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Hated
1: Beetlejuice. Sorry.
0: What else? Of course, Stranger Things.
1: Alien Resurrection. Oh yes, when
0: she's playing the android.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's not really somebody who stands out for me, and you know, in a particular good fashion.
1: You should you should look at her list of credits and go, oh God, that was her.
0: Ah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm probably forgetting some films, but yes.
1: Also, I was so pissed off when they cast her as Jo in Little Women. Right. Like, nope. Nope. I did see that. Nope. So much nope. So, I remember being in the tub, okay? Right. And you were watching Stranger Things Season 1, and she she was just, just hearing her was annoying (laughs) as fuck to me. And I'm like, okay, I can't watch this. I did watch the very first episode, but then I decided that when Season 2 started that we were going to watch it together, and I did manage to get through it, despite... (laughs) Despite her,
0: so she's a roadblock to you. She is.
1: She is a roadblock to me. However, I still enjoy the show so much for everyone else yeah. that I I accept and just get through it when she's on screen.
0: It's kind of a tough role in the the first season because you do have to deal with, you know somebody being missing mm-hmm. and being the overwrought mother, and you can really easily get labeled trill. Or which hysterical. Is, yeah, which are both very sexist terms for mm-hmm. somebody's performance. When that's what's requested of the actor. So, yeah. yeah, uh, There are some weird bits in the first season. Like the bullying goes a little far to the point where it's like threatening to push somebody off a cliff kind of mm. levels of bullying. And you're like, okay, that's a little far
1: yeah, but in the time period, that shit happens. Yeah, 80s. I would know. Yeah. Because I was bullied throughout my entire time in school. Right. So I can absolutely say that I have heard worse. So that and was pretty realistic.
0: So, what do you like about it? We addressed what you don't like.
1: <laughs> what I do like, absolutely everything else. Everything else, okay. <laughs> Love so the kids.
0: It's David Harbour, right? Yes, his name is who plays Hopper, which can get confusing.
1: Yes, didn't like him in season three.
0: I liked him a lot in season one. Mm-hmm. I thought they really nailed the character then, where you know he's this troubled cop, you know, with a history that goes to the small town and then gets involved in this thing that's you know bigger than he is kind of thing. And then for the rest of the seasons, it's like they can't quite figure out what he is or what his role is.
1: We're going on his journey to figure yep. out who the hell he is.
0: Because, was it, the third season where he goes all kind of magnum P.I. with the Hawaiian shirts and everything, and mm-hmm. he, he's a little overbearing of a father, and just kind of annoying?
1: He is. He is quite annoying. Yep. Quite annoying. Um, Season 2 was great for Hopper because he was... Finally, on this level, where it's like, okay, there's something weird going on. I'm listening to the kids, right? And uh, he's he was he was a badass, definite badass in season two. Another thing that uh, that was given to me a gift that was given to me in season two, babysitter Steve, right? Because I did not like Steve very much, and. Steve won me over very, very quickly.
0: Well, he's set up to be the bad boyfriend. Yeah. He's really written early on to be that archetype. And then to see him grow and become this caretaker for the younger kids.
1: Mm -hmm. The fact that he just broke the archetype. And I really appreciated that because I love the actor. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know who the hell he was before Stranger Things. And now I'm just like, you are amazing. I want to watch you in everything. (laughs) <laughs> so, really enjoy him. The cast is just phenomenal for the most part, except for that one person. Yeah. And uh, so, I have no complaints about that. Because season two was when we got the demo dogs, right. season three was uh, the Russian secret base.
0: Was that the one with the trip to Chicago that just kind yeah, of... Yeah, that was weird. weird sidetrack and went all X-Men?
1: Yeah, because basically Eleven went, ran away.
0: Yeah, that was very strange. Very odd. It was an odd subplot just kind of off-branch that people don't talk about much anymore. Yeah, because <laughs> we just
1: forget got, it happened.
0: Yeah, just kind of dropped it.
1: We just forget it happened because it just didn't work. Yeah. It was... Levin trying to, uh, you know, get stronger with her powers, yep. control her powers better, etc., um, and also finding out about her mother and how she was taken from her mother and yep. that, that things weren't like what Papa told her. Oh yeah, big surprise. Uh huh. And the introduction of Robin. Oh, Robin. Right. Love you, Robin.
0: That was a fun interplay, that friendship there, the yeah. Steve Robin thing.
1: That was season three as well. Yep.
0: Working at that ice cream place. Yes. And then in season four, working at a video store. Mm-hmm.
1: Wasn't it Scoops Ahoy? Was that it? Yeah, I, I think can... it was Scoops Ahoy. <laughs> it was yeah. some nautical themed shit. Yep. Uh, so I loved that. I love seeing the kids growing up, Dustin and his Mormon girlfriend.
0: <laughs> yeah. And her family is insane. I love that it wasn't like this typical kind of Mormon family thing. It's mm-hmm. like you have a large family and they all have different things. They had the the goth sister.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I think that that, despite what people may think, that actually is typical of your large Mormon families.
0: Yep, it's that they all have their own thing.
1: The parents aren't parenting at this part. They're forcing the eldest children to be the parents.
0: Yep, my friend Lane's family is a bit like that. Yeah, it's such a large family that the old, older kids end up parenting the younger kids because the parents just can't handle all of it.
1: Yeah. Well, then don't have that many children. Yep. Okay. Don't have that many children. You do not need to have seven children. Yeah. The whole multiplying replenish, replenish the earth that no longer applies. <laughs> there are eight billion people on this planet. Stop having seven children. Yep. Especially if you're, you know, you're not going to allow your kids to be kids.
0: That's <laughs> the one kid that would. Keep turning off the power.
1: <laughs> the one who was a film auteur. Yes.
0: <laughs> and we're Filming like very violent movies. Yeah,
1: violent horror movies yeah. sort of things. Oh, God. I'm jumping around all over the map. But, you know, I I really have ended up loving this show, even though I can't get through season one.
0: Yeah. See, season one's actually pretty strong, though. It's reliance on the 80s.
1: Is a lot. Is, it's it a, is lot. a lot. And I, I noticed that from the very first episode, it was like someone is sitting right next to me, shouting in my mm-hmm. face. It's the eighties. <laughs> do you get
0: it? Look, he has a Millennium Falcon toy. Look at the Rubik's cube on this show. Look, they're dressed up as the Ghostbusters for Halloween. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just things like that. I mean, if you're, if you're going to do it, don't hang a lantern on it. Just do it <laughs> like it's part of the background.
0: Yeah, because there's been other series that have taken place in the 80s that they just dialed it back a little. Mm-hmm. It's it, a lot better. It wasn't, than you know, honoring other 80s movies. It was just being set in the 80s. Yeah. I had some issues with the fourth season with the Russian stuff. I just wasn't interested.
1: Yeah, it went on too
0: long. Especially for these episodes that are already stretching in time. I mean, yeah. some of them being feature length or longer.
1: Most of them. Yeah. Most of them. I don't think there was an episode that was under an hour and 15 minutes. Right. Most of them ran at least an hour 30. The finale was two and a half hours. Yep. And, you know, at first I was just like, why are you doing that? But then, in most cases, when we got to the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, god damn it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so...
0: It's like build up and then cliffhanger and you're like, ah, oh,
1: fucking hell. And uh, then we had to wait a week. No, excuse me. A month. No, four weeks, really.
0: For the final for two the episodes. the final two episodes. Yeah.
1: And it was just like, that's mean. And I wonder why they did that. Was there something else that was dropping in between that I, they thought it might compete with? I think it w- had to do
0: with the 4th of July because it seems like Stranger Things always falls around the 4th of July it seems like it's kind of has this summer setting vibe to it. I could be mistaken, but it seems like that it's always been around like summer that it gets released.
1: Yeah, but even so, it's just they've never broken up the season before like that. Oh no, <laughs>
0: that's that's interesting. I don't know. Maybe they did it to, so it'd be more like a like a water cooler kind of talk or something like that mm-hmm. where. Things wouldn't get, you know, the final, final stuff wouldn't get spoiled for people. I don't know. I don't know why they did it.
1: It could it could be that. It could be because the episodes were so much longer that they wanted to give people more time to see them before the last two. I don't know.
0: It is interesting how it does honor what inspires it. Mm. We have Matthew Modine and you have uh, Winona Ryder and you know, all these eighties actors in these roles that, you know, kind of what inspired the what was it the Duffer brothers mm-hmm. to to create it in the first place. Yes. Another an interesting thing about season four is the satanic panic surrounding Dungeons and Dragons and the Hellfire Club.
1: Yes, that absolutely should have had a light shone on it. About it, how ridiculous it was. Yeah,
0: and so having that addressed of something that was actually in the news at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: remember it. Yeah.
1: And I remember going, you can't summon Satan with a game. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah. Though they never did address what the actual cause of the Satanic Panic was, which is uncredited Christian psychotherapists that would do hypnotherapy for memory retrieval. Mm-hmm. And they would guide their patients into going into memories of abuse and just kind of lead them, maybe even unconsciously, into satanic abuse and satanic cults and stuff like that. And so it became this this trend of something that was completely invented. But you don't know that if you're under hypnosis and you're reliving a memory that's being created mm. in your mind. To the point where children were blaming their parents for things their parents didn't do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Ridiculous.
0: A similar thing happened to this child care, like um, like a daycare center during the 80s that got accused of trafficking the children for sex. And then the stories got so wild because the stories were being invented by children. Mm -hmm. Because they had this uncredited therapist who was asking them leading questions or getting out a doll and pointing to areas that got touched Mm -hmm. and discouraging them if they Gave an answer she didn't want. Mm. <laughs> and just contributing to these weird ideas that are even still around with QAnon of like the Pizzagate thing that in the basement of this pizza hut, there's this sex dungeon where, you know, they bring children.
1: If you're inventing something like that, Republicans, that means you did it. Because <laughs> everything they cry out against is a confession.
0: Yeah. And certain law. Enforcement people buying into it and going and investigating and finding bones. It's like, see, there's a bone here. It's a chicken bone. What are you talking about?
1: Uh, you're not a very good police officer if you yeah. don't know to call in the forensics department.
0: See, there's walls here. There's a basement here. No, there was a foundation here. There's no basement. The Pizza Hut did not have a basement. Crying out loud. So it's interesting to have that whole thing addressed. You know, Just the... The fears around children playing Dungeons and Dragons.
1: And then the violence that resulted because of it.
0: Oh, yeah. The the pursuit of people playing it or ostracizing, bullying, blaming.
1: Well, see, that is the thing about humans. They need something or someone to blame. If something bad happens in your community, there's got to be a reason for it. Yeah, the reason is people suck. Yeah. Okay, that's the reason. There isn't some kind of massive conspiracy going on. Yeah. Okay? This In this case, it was an otherworldly being <laughs> that was causing this problem, yes. But it wasn't Satan.
0: Well, it's interesting how we find out... The whole story, because of course this is going to have spoilers in it.
1: Oh yeah, by the way, if you haven't watched season four of Stranger Things, please do not listen to this.
0: (laughs) We do find out kind of how the Upside Down became a thing. Mm -hmm. Surely it already existed, but to have it connect to our world, to find out that Eleven basically punched a hole through the dimensional worlds, Mm -hmm. linking uh, our world to the the Upside Down.
1: She's kind of like America Chavez that way. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, in a, in a way, except she didn't go through as well.
1: Mm-hmm. But she opened a door into another dimension. What was his
0: name the the Orderly Henry, was it?
1: Yeah, I want to say it was Henry.
0: Yeah. It was Henry. What a performance. Oh my God,
1: that guy's amazing.
0: I saw people saying he should be the next Joker.
2: Oh,
1: wow. He
0: would be great. He'd be really good. Because there's just something soft and pleasant and kind. And but yet... Yeah, there was... There's that little sociopathy behind it, too. Mm -hmm. Very Cronenberg-like performance.
2: Mm.
0: Kind of just a little off, and to find out that he was basically the first. He's number one, which uh, Papa tried to duplicate the experiments because of his psychic abilities and lashing out at his own family and his own sociopathic behaviors that he had an attraction to predators, particularly Spiders, dangerous ones like Black Widows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they had a distaste for humanity. Yes. Because they were weak. Mm. And how he acted kind of like a mentor for Eleven and helped develop her power.
1: Yep, to get what he wanted.
0: Yes, it's like that that moment that's rage and sadness to tap into that. And that's the source of her power. Mm -hmm. What a performance. That and Vecna, finding out that those two are one and the same. Which we eventually... Landed on before it was revealed, revealed, I think.
1: I had theories. Yeah. And I said these theories before the episode that proved my theories correct. I'm just like, okay, so I think that Henry is Vecna. (laughs) Which was a stretch, but I'm like, there is no other reason to be spending so much time with him. Yep. So I'm just like, he has to be Vecna. He has to be. Loved that they got Robert England in Mm -hmm. to play Harry's dad.
0: It was clever because they they relied so much on basic format of Nightmare on Elm Street Mm -hmm. as being able to enter your dreams or, you know, this trance state certain people would fall into before they were sacrificed in these points to open the gate from the underworld. And whew, what a brutal way to go—to have your oh god, limbs impossible. broken one by one, and then to have your eyes removed—not
1: just broken, but mutilated. But crushed,
0: yeah. Just
1: absolutely dislocated, mutilated. which
0: we get happening to Max at the very end. Oh so. god,
1: that was that was so hard.
0: Brutal. Before Eleven decides that she can't go, so brings her back. But did she? Yeah.
1: Because it seems like the body's there, but the spirit is not. Yeah, because she's
0: like comatose.
1: Yeah, well, Eleven went into her mind, and yep. there was nothing there. There was no one there. Right. So, yeah. But, yeah, um, I'm going to look up the name of the actor because I want to give him his due. Right. Because he's fucking amazing. <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, isn't he British as he's, well? He's
1: British, yes. Mm. And uh, I think he has his own band as well. Right. So, let's see. Stranger Things. Yeah, the
0: the training At this facility.
1: At the sensory deprivation
2: chamber.
0: Yeah. And the pitting children against each other to showcase their psychic abilities and rewarding them with time in the rainbow room. And Papa not realizing he's the bad guy.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. They never do.
0: Yeah. That he was doing it for a greater purpose, that whole red scare thing. It's like, well, the Russians are developing stuff, so we have to be prepared. It's like, yeah, but... By experimenting on children, by ripping them away from their parents.
1: Okay, so Jamie Campbell Bauer okay. is Henry-slash-Vecna-slash-Friendly-Orderly. He was born in London. His dad is a music manager. Oh, oh, excuse me. His mom is a music manager, and his dad works for Gibson Guitar Company. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and he's also the lead singer in a band called Counterfeit.
0: Nice. wonder what... Uh... The do probably just straight up rock. Who knows?
1: I don't know. Uh, he went... When he was in school, he was told that he got the part of Anthony and Sweeney Todd, the demon of Barber of Fleet Street, which he was recommended to audition for by family friend Laura Michelle Kelly. He went on to star in Rock and Roll as Rocker, directed by Guy Ritchie. He made his next on-screen appearance as Caius, a member of the Volturi Coven in the tween franchise's Twilight Saga. I do not... Oh, I didn't see anything past the first movie, so yeah.
0: Right. No, I
1: think I saw the last movie. He was also, well, we've seen him in uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Parts 1 and 2 as Gellert Grindelwald. Ah. Ward. Grindel Ward. Grindel Ward. I know how to read. So, we have seen him before, which is why he looks familiar. Right. But yeah, he was in the movie version of uh, Sweeney Todd. And, uh, yeah. I, I think he's brilliant, and I hope he gets a lot more work because of this.
0: I should think so. It seems like he was already a working actor, but this oh, might... He's, he's been a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm project him into and... even further esteem.
1: Yeah. He's uh, uh, older than he looks. What? Born November 22nd, 1988. So. Right. Still Gen X.
0: Yeah. Or is he, or is he...
1: 1988, yes.
0: eighty Gen okay. X. Right. Uh, Several s- other things they struggled with. In season four, is the splitting up of the parties. Mm-hmm. You never <laughs> split the party. Uh, Having the whole, like, the Will stuff, you know, the the stoner van driving everywhere, that was a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we did get to see, you know, the Mormon family.
0: True. Totally worth it. Them burying the agent out in the desert.
1: Yeah, that was sad. Basically, at all points were starting to converge. Right. They, the party gets split in three parts, really, because Mom and Murray go off to Russia to get Hopper back, because, you know, she finds out he's alive, or at least she suspects he's alive. Yep. And, yeah, that was the part I liked the least. They drew that out way too long.
0: Though, was it... Trying to remember the name of the guard that was helping him.
1: I can look it up. Damn it, I
0: had it, and there, I think it was Anton, but I could be mistaken.
1: I can tell you. Hold, please.
0: But he was a bit of a highlight.
1: And a hottie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where are you, sir?
0: Because Yuri's the helicopter... Hel- Dimitri. Oh, Dimitri, okay.
1: Dmitri Antonov. Okay. That's why you were thinking Anton. Right. He is pretty. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, Yuri is the helicopter pilot that's uh-huh. uh, duplicitous. Yes. Then Murray is the one that was learning karate. <laughs> got to see that fun bit where he beats Yuri up. There's moments in Russia I liked, but a lot of it really tried my patience.
1: The same. Would you like to know what Eddie looks like without the hair and like a normal adult?
0: Sure. Oh, wow.
1: He hot. I'm down with that.
0: Yep. What a performance. Oh, my God, yes. By Eddie. I really break through.
1: Joseph Quinn. He's British, too. Yep. He's fucking British,
0: too. (laughs) People really got on up with him.
1: Oh, my God. He was so good because generally I can tell when somebody's British uh-huh. because they there there's always one word that they slip up on. Yep. For most people it's the word Ben.
0: Yes. Bean.
1: They say bean because it's got two E's in it. Yep. Um god damn Joseph, you are wow. Just yep. wow. Also, May baby. Maybe. May fifteenth, baby.
0: What's so. the name of the cheerleader? Was it Christy? Chrissy. Chrissy. Thur Interplay. They're when she's so trying way. to buy drugs off him, mm-hmm. the traders didn't know they'd have that kind of chemistry, and so to kill her off before they could really play more with those two actors, yeah, they found really disappointing because that moment around that picnic table where you know she's buying drugs off him, just it's a highlight from season four. Yes, it's just the way they're kind of flirting, but not in a way. It's just they. There's really sparks between the two of them.
1: There is. Sometimes you just don't know what kind of chemistry you're going to get.
0: Because, yeah, at first Chrissy's just kind of like, eh, you know, do we really care about this character that much? And then you see her interplay with Eddie, and you're like, whoa, there's something there. And I've seen a lot of fan art of them holding hands and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, they both graduated. How sweet. (laughs) No. You know, just... People creating an alternate reality where the two of them survive.
1: I know. I like that idea because you know I don't like to see good characters die.
0: Yeah. And it
1: was really hard. Even if it's like Eddie,
0: sacrificial heroic moment of no longer running because that was like his arc. He'd keep running from problems. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, he just stopped. He's like, okay, I'm gonna face it, and died because of it. Yeah. And the whole unresolved thing that he's still gonna be considered this weird ritual murderer, being blamed for things he didn't do, and that's gonna be a shadow over his family.
1: Yeah, that is not cool. Except his his uncle knows the truth. His he, uncle, oh my god, okay. Yep. So took me the whole goddamn season to realize that was Joel Stauffer, whom we last saw in Marvel's Agents of Shield. Right. And I was so impressed with him in that, I thought, this guy can do anything. And as it turns out, he really, really can, because he was completely different. He was... I can't believe that I didn't figure that out sooner, because just, he's just that good. And it wasn't just his appearance, it was the way he... It was his voice, it was everything. I'm, I'm just very impressed by him, and I—he, after looking him up on... Uh, IMDB. He's also very progressive, so there. That's also very good, you know, because I I don't like to like people who think that I don't deserve to have rights over my own body.
0: Like your what Adam Baldwin's.
1: <laughs> Adam Baldwin. Has, yeah, he's a gun nut. He's, uh, he's uh,
0: conservative.
1: Uh, 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 yeah. Uh,
0: uh, other cool things: the the clock that would chime. There's a story that I think Jim Moon read regarding this clock that is a gateway to hell. So it's funny that that is kind of in there too, is this clock that belonged to this house that Henry lived at and attempted to murder his family, didn't quite get his father blinded him, but didn't quite manage to fully kill him before he passed out from, you know, using his power. Mm-hmm. But yeah, had to have the clock chiming when Vecna's going to appear. It's a nice eerie moment, like for whom the bell tolls kind of thing.
1: Okay, so I couldn't remember the name of Chrissy, the actor who played Chrissy, but I knew it was familiar to me. And her name is Grace Van Dien. Uh-huh. And when I say Grace Van Dien, you probably think, oh, like Casper Van Dien. Oh, yeah, she's his daughter. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool. So she's very good.
0: Okay, how about Eleven getting her powers back through the deprivation chamber? I was hoping that she'd no longer have the nosebleed. Mm-hmm. That she'd, like, power up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I'm... evolve to her next, like, super saiyan form.
1: I'm waiting for that. Yeah. I'm waiting for that to happen. Because I think at some point it's got to stop being like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's become, I oh, just kind of old. Mm-hmm. I mean, at first, yeah... It shows that it's taking an effort for her to use her powers, but eventually it's going to be like, maybe drop the nosebleed and just have her be able to use her powers.
1: I want to see her mastery over her power and not her power having mastery over her. Right. That's what I want to see. Yes. And maybe we'll get that in season five, which I'm guessing is probably going to be the final season.
0: (laughs) How about the last bit when she's, everybody's like rooting for her and, you know, the... Confession of love to get her to break free of her bonds. Were you kind of thinking Captain Laserbeam? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. So Captain Laserbeam <laughs> is one of the parody radio dramas done by the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Uh, done by the same guy that voices Bender on Futurama.
1: Yep. And a lot of other things.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the other things. Voice actor. But it's, you know, the setup of your basic Superman type character. But he has a bunch of teen, like, fan group that he visits from time to time, and they'll root for him. They're all kids. And they're all kids. So, yeah. So, eventually, during the adventure, he gets trapped in something or, you know, vines attached to him or some kind of other lock or mucus thing that locks him in place. And so, he has to reflect on these adventure cateers? Adventure cateers? Adventure cateers. Adventure
1: and the actor's name is John DiMaggio.
0: Yes, John DiMaggio. Yes, and so he's reflecting on these teens and some of the stupid things he said, and it gives him the courage to break free. And it was very similar to that scene mm-hmm. of eleven receiving you know these confessions of love and being able to break free.
1: I do love that Argyle was actually useful for the final thing, mm. because were it not for him, they wouldn't have had a place. For her to connect to Max and to Vecna and etc. Because they needed a salt water tank.
0: The pizza dude thing is... Yeah. Yeah, to clear out the pizza dough freezer and to convert it into an isolation chamber.
1: Which tells you just how much salt goes into pizza.
0: Yep. Because they had it all on hand. They had it all on hand, yep.
1: They had it all on hand. So... Yeah, he was good for something. He had the van. Yep. And he got them to a pizza parlor where they could do what they needed to do. Yeah. So score one for Argyle. (laughs) I guess. Well, he was funny. Actually, okay, so there's a number. There's an actual phone number on the van. Uh Uh-huh. A real phone number.
0: That you can call? You can
1: call. You can call that phone number. (laughs) That's funny. I did call the phone number.
0: (laughs) And I saw some people saying that this is exactly the pizza dudes they knew in the 80s. Mm Mm-hmm. That he's this archetype for a reason yep that they knew guys exactly like that he also
1: had magnificent hair oh yeah that hair was epic-hmm it was just glorious it's
0: just funny he was making pizzas with hair like that it's like no hair in it though usually he was at the either driving or at the counter yeah so it doesn't seem like he was mostly making the pizza though
1: occasionally he was mm-hmm. good times yep good times so he
0: did make a pizza for them at the you know the finale. Yes, he did. As they're prepping everybody. I liked the automatic drawing of the underground and be able to move images around to recreate the house. Mm. That was a fun little puzzle moment. Mm
1: -hmm. I liked the weirdness of getting through Eddie's uncle's trailer to the upside down. Oh,
0: yeah. Because it is upside down. So Mm -hmm. they're crawling through and then gravity reverses when you make it midway through. Yep. And to put down a mattress so you fall.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I love uh, Eddie trying to save Dustin. Yes. And Dustin going, not today. Yep. Not today, Satan. I'm going to help you. Mm Mm-hmm. And we lost Eddie. Yep. And that wasn't right.
0: Playing Master of Puppets to attract all the weird pterodactyl-like things. The bats. The bats. The bats. bats.
1: They're big. But they're not as big as pterodactyls. They're bat-sized.
0: And, of course, Kate Bush getting a resurgence... After having, running up that hill play.
1: Let's talk about this for a second, (laughs) okay? Okay? Gatekeepers, you can fuck right off. Fuck off. (laughs) It does not matter when you find out about an artist. It doesn't matter if you find out about that artist from something quote-unquote popular. You are not cooler because you knew about it. Back in the day. That means nothing. (laughs) What you should care about is this artist you love is experiencing an unexpected resurgence and that new people are discovering the music. That is what should matter to you. But no, you've got to go and be petty, don't you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, because the thing that you liked that was underground, but not really, because Kate Bush is one of the biggest artists ever, uh so... You know, how underground was she, really? Not that. Yeah. I like also that your favorite song will protect you. Mm-hmm. And that's become kind of a meme in its own right, As people going, what song would you play over and over and over again to protect you from Vecna?
1: I actually have an answer for that. Yeah. I. It's weird because you know I don't choose favorites as right. a general rule because there are just too many things that I love, but I have a favorite song. Yeah. Do you know what it is?
0: It's a hymn song... I forget which one, though. It's... it's uh, I used to know it. I forgot the title.
1: Enjoy and Sorrow.
0: Enjoy and Sorrow. Yes.
1: Which I finally got to hear live in the final concert right. I ever had in Salt Lake City. I mean, I'd heard it live before, but not in person. Enjoy.
0: you wonder if it has to be your favorite song or just music you like?
2: I think it
1: could just be music that you like. Yeah, that way you
0: don't have to loop the same song over and over and over again.
1: But it seems to me like... I want to say <laughs> there is... When you find something that you want to listen to over and over again, you know, that elevates it above all the rest.
0: So that was one of the least realistic bits is how long that Walkman was playing without it eating the tape. <laughs> Or are the batteries going dead?
1: Well, I'm sure that they had extra batteries on hand, and that they had more than one cassette. Okay. that had been recorded yeah. because they had to plan for the contingency of what if the tape breaks.
0: That would have been funny if they had to take the tape out and get the pencil out and wind it back up again.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh no, it's it's not it's not ripped, it's not torn. Okay, 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 let me get my tweezers. Get yep. this out. okay, now, somebody give me a pencil. <laughs> All the kids don't have any idea what we're talking about Yep,
0: the pencil and the cassette tape Yep It's like I've seen that on on uh, Twitter Posting a certain generation doesn't know what these two have <laughs> in relation to one another
1: Yeah, well, show people of our generation an 8-track And some of them don't know what yeah. that is Yeah But I, I remember 8-tracks because mm-hmm. my parents have them Oh yeah Eight tracks and vinyl, man. That was what we had.
0: That you could kind of fast forward.
1: But not really. Mm -hmm. What I hated about eight tracks was that it would fade out in the middle of a song, and then you switch channels and fade back in with the rest of the song. I hated that. (laughs) Like, that is poor planning, guys. Mm. Don't do that. (laughs) Just don't do that. Oh.
0: What else is a highlight, do you think?
1: Um, Oh, Max and her talking to her dead brother.
0: Oh right, yes.
1: Because of course that was the machination of Vecna. Uh-huh. But even so, um, what I didn't know at the time, and what still blows my mind, is they were on opposite sides of the planet when that was filmed. Wow! Because of COVID, he could—he's Australian. Uh huh. Dr. Montgomery if, is his name, if I remember correctly. He could not leave Australia, and obviously no one could get into Australia. Yeah, either. Australian
0: covid protocols during the time were very rigid
1: and they should have been because how many cases did they avoid because of that how Mm. many people are still alive because of that so uh he was in australia sadie of course couldn't travel to australia so she filmed her parts in the u.s or in canada i don't know where they filmed that and he filmed his parts in australia and they merged them so perfectly, you would never know right. that they were not standing in front of each other. That blows my mind. <laughs> and the fact that they could do that so convincingly, just as actors. I just, um, I, I, was just really impressed by that.
0: It is impressive. How many uh, like, non-American actors are involved in it? It's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, so we have at least two British guys. The Australian guy... At least, honestly, just flipping around so much. So nice to see Paul Reiser not being a dick in something.
0: And I like how it's kind of a nod to Burke from
1: Aliens. But it's the flip side of Burke. But it's Burke like was the reversal
0: guy. of that, where yeah. he's involved in the company, but he wants the best mm-hmm. for everyone.
1: Yeah, he's the opposite of Burke. We- yep. That I like, I like that, I like that, because when he showed up in what was it season two or was it season three? Season three, Three.
0: he shows up during the whole Russian thing. Yeah, I I was
1: just like, oh, I do not trust this guy. Yeah, because it's Paul, it's Paul Reiser. (laughs) He's just so good at playing dicks, but it was just so refreshing to have him play not a dick.
0: Oh, and a nod to Barb being one of the first victims of Vecna. Uh huh, and seeing her in the pool.
1: Whoa That made me sad Yeah Justice for Barb uh,
0: Yep Cause really in that First season Barb disappears And everybody's like Just kind of shrugs it off And you're like Okay there's a missing person And she's supposedly Your best friend And she's gone And you're just kind of Oh well mm-hmm. That was weird
1: Yeah It was almost like She was black
0: Yeah almost mm-hmm. Like how they treat a A black, black missing character. person yeah, mm-hmm. A black missing person Yeah
1: Even this day and age Yeah Yeah
0: or indigenous, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, cat. Nobody just ever seemed to care.
0: No, still an issue. But the is like, Will, watch.
1: oh, Will goes missing, a boy goes missing, oh, well, yep. now we gotta get him back, don't we?
0: So the white missing woman syndrome is that they overtake the news when there's so many other missing people that don't get the same press.
1: Mm-hmm. Watch the documentary on HBO Max, Black and Missing.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess the final end is that they didn't quite succeed... Beckna did manage to open a gate from one world into the other. And so Hawkins is a hellscape, basically.
1: Yeah, well, it wasn't quite the same hellscape as we saw. I mean, the gates did get kind of shut again. Yeah. But, you know, it's not exactly a bolted door.
0: No. Yeah, there's just big trevices here and there just split open
1: Mm, lots of destruction Yep. lots of people just fleeing
0: yeah everybody fleeing the town as they rode in and then people at the the school for using it as a shelter
1: that is that's actually another really great moment is when Dustin goes and tells Eddie's uncle what a good person he was yeah And, yeah, I loved the reunion between... What did I say that? Reunion?
0: Reunion? Reunion.
1: I loved the reunion between uh, Eleven and Hopper.
0: Yes, that was very sweet.
1: uh, Hopper got ripped.
0: Because she thought he was dead.
1: She absolutely thought he was dead. And they didn't know where Mom was. Uh She went to a conference. Yep. They knew nothing about everything that happened to them. So, yes. Uh, Vecna,
2: terrifying.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And that is the same actor under there. Mm-hmm. That is him.
0: It's a lot of makeup.
1: A lot of makeup because it's whole body. Yeah, and I'm sure that the the body part that is is must, mostly a suit, and then you know there's certain applications that go on afterwards as well.
0: I need mean, things like using lights to find him is the same way that was it, Will was able to communicate through Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Is that that electricity, electric light is kind of connected to the upside down.
1: It does break my heart that Will is in love with Mike. Yeah, because yeah,
0: D- does Mike and Eleven seem like a good pairing? No, no, <laughs> no. It doesn't. I don't think no. no. Everybody agrees no. that they just it doesn't work.
1: No, no. Um, never actually liked that.
0: Yeah, weirdly, Eleven and Max.
1: I would I would love to see Eleven and Max. Yeah, actually, I think that that's a much better pairing.
0: Though Max pairs well with everybody just because she's so good.
1: Yeah, Max is just... A Sadie Sink is yeah. amazing. She's really strong Absolutely actor. Amazing.
0: Especially for so young. She's mm-hmm. just so gifted.
1: Extremely. Extremely. And, of course, it is Millie Bobby Brown. So yeah. I think together they're like the powerhouse couple.
0: Yeah. And that's probably why I want to see them. Because I like their friendship in, was it, season three?
1: Yes. I do, too. I would, I would ship them yep. for sure. I don't know what season five is going to hold.
0: Yeah, I don't know where they can really take it.
1: Well, it's going to be this final showdown with Vetna. Yeah. Vetna ain't gone. I mean, yeah, we saw him on fire and everything, but he there was no body. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't see no body. And you all know in stories like this, if you didn't see no body, there ain't no death.
0: Yep. It's just, is it going to sustain an entire series?
1: Well, I don't know what they have planned. Yeah. And though there are parts of seasons three and four that I'm just like, oh, get on with it. Yep. The bulk of it is still very enjoyable and engaging, and so I'm gonna hope for the best right. for season five, because they obviously have a plan, so yeah, and besides, you know, more Vecna, because that guy's cool. I mean, not Vecna, but the actor.
0: I guess we could talk about Lucas and Erica. Is that something about season four is how split up everybody is, you mm-hmm. know? One part of the family going to California, one in Hawkins, and then you have, even then, a split that kind of happens sometimes as you grow older and find other interests. is Lucas joining the basketball team and not really playing Dungeons and Dragons with them anymore because, you know, it's just your dungeon master's not there. <laughs> so what can you do? Yeah. You're just not hanging out anymore. And even Lucas and Max not really being a thing because she's dealing with her own Problems, and it's kind of hard to have a relationship when you're dealing with like the loss of your brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. And ha- even as hard as he tries to connect with her or you know, to come see him play round ball.
1: You know, there was one thing that was just a complete red herring, and that was this whole connection with everyone that was being. Murdered by Vecna, had been seeing the same school counselor.
0: Which makes you think the counselor might be doing it, but no, it's yeah, just.
1: Yeah, that's a dead end. It's a big red herring. There's no connection.
0: The connection was that the victims were experiencing the same symptoms of these hallucinations, the headaches, the sleeplessness, and I think it all connected to being depressive personalities or people with feelings of guilt. Because the boy that dies in the middle of the road, mm-hmm. he. Didn't he accidentally kill somebody in a car?
1: Well, there was a car accident in which someone died, and he felt responsible.
0: Right, and so that guilt would haunt him, and I guess Vecna uses that guilt as a doorway into their psyche to be able to manipulate and kill them. Yeah,
1: I get all of that. Yeah. But the whole thing about them all seeing the same school counselor, because this is the 80s. Yes. Okay? Okay. Kids don't go and see the counselor (laughs) like that in the 80s. Mm. They barely even do that now. Yeah. So the whole thing with that was just like, what was the point of that?
0: I could see it just for the mystery part of it is to find out if there was a link between the victims that they were all experiencing these same symptoms. And so Max was one of them.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I get that. I get that. In real life, shit like that happens. Right. In a movie or a television show where you have limited time, why bother? Is my question.
0: Oh, I don't know. I guess they had to have some kind of mystery or. Yeah, way but of it was a it.
1: mystery that didn't go anywhere.
0: Okay. I I don't know. I think that was the point: is to find similar symptoms between victims. And why the victims were linked. Because it seemed like they weren't. Mm. That these were being chosen randomly. It's like, well, no, there is some connection between them. But this the connection being the symptoms of being haunted by Vecna?
1: Yeah, I just don't feel like that was executed very well.
0: No. And it made it feel like the counselor was involved somehow and she wasn't.
1: Yeah. It I was
0: just I a just, red herring, I guess. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. It's like... It- I understand misdirection, but they made too much of a deal out of that for it to be just simple misdirection, and that's what bothers me. It's like, you did this thing without having any clue of how you were going to reconcile it and resolve it, and you didn't really resolve it. Mm -hmm. And now you've got this counselor that has suspicion placed on her, possibly, from other outside influences now. It's like, okay, what? Yeah. That was just one of those scratch-my-head sort of things, so...
0: I didn't have too much of a problem with it. I did at first, but then when I realized, oh, this was just to connect the dots between the victims and that's it. And the counselor really doesn't matter.
1: Yes, but having been a kid in the 80s, yeah. I can tell you how many times I saw a school counselor. Yeah. And I can count them on less than three fingers. Yeah, it
0: wasn't that much of a thing. Erica, joining the Hellfire Club... As,
1: Absolute badass.
0: Yep, yeah, and her speaking out at the town meeting mm-hmm. about blaming the Hellfire Club for doing satanic rituals or whatnot. She's like, it's just a game.
1: Yeah, it's like reading a fantasy book. Yeah. But it's you're rolling dice.
0: It's like, you don't know what you're talking about.
1: And they don't. No. They absolutely don't.
0: And boy, that jock sh- certainly got his. By yep,
1: that was satisfying.
0: Being right on the ley line of well, this... The hole that opens up and mm-hmm. splitting him in half. It's like, ugh, gruesome. Yep. I was afraid somebody was going to get shot. Nearly did. Mm-hmm. When he came after Lucas. Ugh. Yeah.
1: Justice for Eddie.
0: Yep. So, yeah, that's, I guess, Stranger Things in a nutshell. I know we didn't kind of describe the plot in detail. Just kind of touched upon elements we liked or didn't like.
1: Well, that's fine. Yeah. It's our show. We can do what we want.
0: Yeah. We'll just kind of assume you've probably seen it.
1: Or know something about it.
0: Or absorbed it through just everybody else talking about it. Indeed. Uh, Shall we leave it there? Yeah. And have some shout-outs? Yeah. Hey! Hey! My shout-out is to You Shriek. Apparently Raziel Panic has dropped another song on Bandcamp. It's been a while. So I'll have to pick that up next Bandcamp Friday. And hopefully that means an upcoming album as well. I really like You Shriek. Really great dark wave and... Characteristic layered vocals that is probably the best in the business. Just the way Raziel layers his vocals. It's not like one of these just duping it and overlaying it. It's like he'll sing on multiple tracks and then overlay them so Doing it the harmonizes. Old way. Yeah, and it sounds really good. It's time consuming, but it sounds really good. So look forward to that by You Shriek. Yes, you are. You're doing the homeschooled clap.
1: I'm doing the Mormon girl homeschool clap. Yeah, that's that's South from, Park guys. From that's South not Park. Stranger Things. Yeah. My shout out to is to Starfleet boy, also known as Sohail. I did an episode of the Janeway with him and Liam and Suzanne. We have known each other peripherally, but that was the first time ah. we'd actually really talked, and I adore him. He is a fucking delight. Oh, nice. And was also part of the Text Trek 200th episode celebration. Oh, yeah. Which I got to send in a little uh, bit thing. Uh, they were asking for people to send in their thoughts on their favorite things or things that they loved about the last five years of uh, Star Trek. Nice. And uh, I had some things to say. Yeah. Obviously. So, uh, Hale is great. I love him. <laughs> and I want to podcast with him again. So. Oh,
0: fine. I'm glad you had fun.
1: Yes.
2: A lot of fun. So...
0: I guess that takes care of that. And I'll be back with a music special for the moon. And we should have an anniversary show coming up. I'm not sure what we're doing with that.
1: Well, what year is it? Uh 14th? Well, we'll have to figure out what the gifts are for that.
0: Yeah. If there even is one.
1: There has to be.
0: It gets weird. It gets to the point where it's every five years after so long.
1: Well, let's find out.
0: Or <laughs> just find something else to talk about. Talk about Fortnites. Talk about Fortnite. That game we've never played.
1: Fortnite? Do we have to? I don't. I don't think like that. I don't like. I don't. Why would I play Fortnite?
0: I don't know. You don't typically like online games.
1: Well, it's one of those things where it's just like uh, destroy your uh, other people's stuff. Yep. And claim it for your own. Like, what? Fourteenth anniversary. Ivory or gold? Mm. Jewelry. Mm. It's uh, jewelry, figurines, etc. I see. That ivory was the traditional one. Ugh. Yes, yeah, right. Gross. You can go with the color. True. The silk ivory. I'm kidding.
0: Talk, talk about tusked animals.
1: Uh, uh All right, so that'll be that.
0: And uh, take care out there.
1: Be safe.
2: Bye. Bye. You have been listening to The Dark Corner Podcast with me, Brandy, and also David Jackola. Follow me on Twitter at Brandi112, Brandy is spelled with an I, Dave is at Dark Corner Cast. We have a group and a fan page on Facebook, both are at The Dark Corner Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcasts Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast, The Vedic Assembly, a Deep Space Nine podcast, and What the Future Holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. You can see me discuss Star Trek Live on the Unready Room and the Kurt Ratz Productions YouTube channel. Kurt Ratz is Star Trek spelled backwards. I host my own podcast, Headcanon, wherein I guide you through the mazes of my mind. The Dark Track was offered for free as a promotional item or submitted by the artist or artist representative. The opening track is Unbelievable as covered by Batavia. The closing track is At Last the End as covered by Cat Temper. All other music is used for illustrative purposes and no infringement of copyright is intended. Please subscribe, rate, and review the Dark Corner Podcast on Anchor.fm. And thank you for allowing us the time to keep you in the dark.